This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, all cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. It's good to be back. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good. I'm feeling relaxed over the international break here, Josh. You put out the question to our listeners, what is everyone doing over the course of this international break without FPL to keep us occupied? We've got a few interesting responses. Yeah. uh, Jim Payne went on a long weekend to Chattanooga. Josh Willett installed a doggy door that had been been needing to go in for weeks. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson did dishes, laundry, folded clothes, dropped off, and picked up kids. Jeremiah, living the dream. That's that's really that's what we all that's what we all want to be doing on our Saturday. This is why we got into the Premier League, right? It was to avoid having to do stuff like this on a Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever have you ever given any thought to installing a doggy door? I I think about this occasionally. The the intense pressure of actually cutting a hole in a door. Yeah. Which which sort of negates the purpose of a door, right? Like, yeah, and so people, you gotta do it right. You Measure do it. twice, cut once. And burglars could could burgle your your home now, you know? And I, I saw home alone. I mean, you know, they they climbed right through that thing. So Yeah, if if Josh, if you live Josh Willett, if you live in a town, a hamlet, a village of some kind that is known for having very small cat burglars Beware. I, check that doggy door. <laughs> Be very careful. Uh, yeah, we we uh, I guess we made the most of it because we went and watched our, our alma mater uh, win, a, win a big game last yeah, night. We watched was, American was, football. We did. We watched American football. Got a little grief on uh, on Twitter for some some people. I think uh, Richie on Twitter was uh, like, I can't believe you guys can watch that stuff. But, you know, I, I don't really like it as much as I used to. But I, I still enjoy uh, my 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 uni playing football in the evenings is it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it, gridiron definitely has its pitfalls, but all all sports yeah. have their their ups and downs, the things that they they contribute and and also take away from society. Right. I mean, football does like take more away cuz you yeah, know, it get does brain damage. You get brain damage. Things. Yeah, the games take 5 hours. It's like the most corporate uh, sport in the world. But, you know, that said, we had fun. 
Well, this is this is an interesting question. Then we'll let's get on to FPL related stuff. But speaking of uh, like it's our alma mater where we went to college slash university. It's my understanding that um, this sort of camaraderie, this culture around your school sports teams doesn't really exist as it does in the United States elsewhere around the world. Right. Like if you went to Leeds University, you're not you're not like tracking how the the Leeds lacrosse team is or the Leeds cricket team is doing week to week. Right. But looked at the other way, you know, if you went to a college that has a you know really big football team or a basketball team here in the states, it is it's actually more similar to the Premier League fan, fan experience, I think, because yeah, people the club culture is very similar to college sports here in the states. It's exactly, exactly. We were singing the fight song last night, and. Uh, um, there's many words. We have like an unusually long fight song. So it's I always forget like a whole verse. <laughs> yeah. All right. What are we going to talk about today on the uh, Always Cheating Pod, Josh? All right, Brandon, we're taking a lot of questions. We're actually, we're going to do this a little differently than usual. We're not going to you're not going to recap um, game week seven. That's that's in the books. I think that everyone's had enough time to digest it. Um, we're going to talk about uh, key questions going to game week eight. We're going to talk about forwards, midfielders and defenders. Uh, after that, which we have a lot of questions from listeners and um, a lot, particularly about the, uh, the sort of Manfield, Man, Manfield, Manfield City, uh, <laughs> the, the Man City uh, midfield situation. And uh, uh, after that, what we're going to do is um, a team by team look at you know, just where every team in the Premier League is through seven weeks of the season. And this is like a quick like like one minute per team, just like one thing we know, one thing we don't know. Um, so we'll be going through all the teams. We're actually going to start at the bottom of the table and move, work our way up. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to that, Brent. I think that's going to be a lot we're of gonna, fun. We're going to go through known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns that's right. for each team. It's that yeah. Donald, Donald Rumsfeld reference there for anybody who <laughs> Absolutely. didn't get that. So uh, part one, uh, let's get right into it. No no dilly-dallying this time, Brandon, except for that whole thing about, about you know, our alma mater. Uh, <laughs> and doggy doors. <laughs> doggy doors. Uh, key questions going into game week eight. I've broken this up into three categories, forwards, midfielders, and defenders. Let's start with forwards. Uh, Leo Howell says, with forwards all over the place, is it time to consider Firmino, Vardy, other, uh, rather than the big three approach? So it, it, it's funny that, um, I mean, I, I guess it's not funny in light of the last few weeks, the discussion of the big three. I don't see anybody that, laughing here, Brandon. <laughs> right. But Firmino and Vardy are, are on the outside looking in on the big three. This is their opportunity to become part of the big three, right? I mean, even though they don't have that big price tag, 10 plus, now that Morata has dro- dropped out of the picture and... And Aguero. Think- and Aguero. And Aguero, exactly, with his rib rib injury. Right. Um, I just don't think anyone is yet to be sold on Lacazette as an FPL player. I mean, I think a lot of us agree that Lacazette looks pretty good for Arsenal. He's a a pretty classic striker. Yeah, he has to score on the road. He He needs a road goal. Yeah, right. And... I think I have more. I have I have more faith in Firmino or Vardy. I mean, given the fact that Firmino is kind of in a drought right now, I still think I'd choose Firmino over Lacazette at the moment. If you look at Liverpool's fixtures coming up, it's it's Man United, then Spurs, but then it looks really good: Huddersfield, West Ham, Southampton, and, and so on. Where you would definitely assume Liverpool goals are coming. I mean, we can come back to Liverpool discussing midfield, but. Firmino is not going to not score another goal this season, and uh, I, I can imagine you have other things to repair in your team. Yeah. 
other well, than Firmino if you still have him. Right. So let's, how, let's, how are you? Yeah. Is, okay. So you you dropped Murata over this break because his value is going down. So you've been having to address this question head on with your team, Josh. Right. I I have a a, a pretty top heavy lineup right now. I have um I have Kane. Um, I actually do have Lacazette right now. I brought him in for the for the Brighton fixture, and now I'm kind of. You know, it's the classic. The one week transfer never works, right? The the, the plan was to uh, to bring him in, and then I was going to move him to um, to Jesus. Um, and uh, of course, Morata gets injured, and I have to you know make some changes. And Kane scores two goals, and really looks essential in this you know with this home match at Burnley coming up. So so I just burned four. Uh, I burned four at the beginning of the week. Uh, just I didn't want to take a bunch of uh, like a, you know like a, what could be like a point four million price drop. Because um, it just hurt me so much last year, you know, not doing these price drops. And also, I felt really hurt last year. And this is not really answering Leo's question, but I felt really hurt last year by not um, by being a little too stubborn. You know, like someone like Kane just, you know, really hits peak form. He scored two more goals in the international break. Um, and then this feeling of like, well, I'm just I'm not going to do it. I don't want to jump on the band. The bandwagon's too full. I'm going to go. I'm going to like. I'm going to zig when everyone else is zagging, you know, yeah, and I just right. thought I'm just going to bring him in and burn four and just not even like deal with the pressure of it. Right. So I, I brought in Sterling and uh, and Kane for Murata and Ali. And um, I thought about Jesus, but, um, you know, he is he's you know, he's he's in Brazil, um, played the full 90 in their first qualifier. They play their next one uh, tomorrow. Um, or maybe it's tonight. I can't remember. Um, they play on Tuesday, actually, against Tuesday. Chile. Yeah. yeah. And so it's possible he doesn't play, but I think he probably will play, um, given how much, you know, I don't actually, I mean, Chile, does Chile, are they already, they, they might have actually already qualified. Um, I mean, Brazil is, Brazil is in. So right. my, my question about that is that much was being made. There are lots of headlines about Neymar complaining about the, the ridiculous altitude in Bolivia and which... Bolivia uses it uses to its home field advantage, but if you've got Jesus playing the full ninety, um, even if he just plays thirty, right? I mean, even if it's just, he's, I don't think he's not going to make the eighteen, right? So you know, full ninety and then thirty again on a Tuesday, he's got to fly all the way back. I think there's a chance that he actually comes off the bench, um, you know, for this for the Stoke game. I mean, he might play. I mean, you know, he might play and he might score three goals. But um, I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to go with Kane, who's like the sure thing. They. You know, they had two like relatively easy international fixtures. Um, so, I mean, I guess, you know, for me, I'm going heavy hitter for now. And, um, you know, it looks like Murata might be back fairly quickly. It actually looks like Aguero might be back kind of early now, too. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think the bigger issue actually is what what you're doing, because you have this, <laughs> this situation that can't go on any longer, right? I mean, I, I don't know. The, the Calvert-Lewin problem. Yeah. I mean, how much longer can you persist with this experiment? This art, well, this art installation you've got going on in your, your yeah, third go record. go back into the archives of always cheating our preseason coverage where we have um, ten rules for FPL success and we do warn against this very thing of beware the the cheap starting striker right Calvert Lewin comes in at five million and I bring him in and then I basically build a whole team um, around I don't build it around Calvert Lewin but he's he's sort of baked into it now. Having a five million slot in my front line is baked in, and uh, I can't get him out because now I also have a bunch of five plus million midfielders like Gross and Moy. Right. So to to get Calvert Lewin out, it's almost like wild card level territory. So uh, one, but he has to go at some point, right? I mean, 
I, I, I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, what about even like him to Abraham or something like that? Well, I mean, is what kind of upgrade is that? Calvert-Lewin to Tammy Abraham? I see that as an upgrade, personally. I mean, I would I would rather get Boney in for Calvert-Lewin than, than Tammy Abraham. I mean, I have $1.5 million in the bank, so I could go up to 6.5, which actually does leave me enough in there to get to get bony. All right, right? so let's I mean cuz this this is actually getting us back to answering Leo's question, right? Because I think that one one answer here is actually that you don't need to go with the three three heavy hitters up front that you can go with a cheap um a, a cheapish, let's say 7 million or cheaper uh third striker and then what you do is you actually have two Man City midfielders, right? Like you have a, you, maybe you have like um, a Mo Salah or a Christian Eriksen, and then you can actually have two Man City midfielders, which is really hard to do if you have three expensive players up front. So I think that if you did that, then and and really, and what's what's nice about that too is like yeah, I, like it's already becomes like sort of a cliche the like Pep rotation, like beware of it. But it's just it's the reality. But if they're scoring four or five goals a game, and players score when they come off the bench. You you just need to have some players from that from that yeah. team in your midfield or forward line or something, you know? Right, right, just, right. Totally. You're just gonna have to deal with the occasional fixture where they don't play, you know, or they only play thirty minutes or whatever. And that can't be enough to dissuade you because they're scoring so many goals right now. Yeah. Um, and their fixtures are really good coming up. So I think, yeah, you could do those two. Um, you know, let's say let's say it was Sterling and Sonic. Um, and then you have maybe someone like Chicharito, right? I mean, who's mm-hmm. like seven million. Um, I think I would rather go cheaper. Like I wouldn't look at Firmino or Vardy. I would go even cheaper, and I would try to find like a seven million or cheaper option. Yeah, um, Calvert Lewin or, or, or somebody of that ilk. If you're in that spot, like I am. I mean, I've been playing four four two the last couple of weeks, and that's fine. That's something you can get away with. What I, I'm keep, I'm coming back to this Jesus question of the international break, mm-hmm. and I don't think this is a problem that anyone needs to solve going into game week eight just because of that Jesus issue. You have um, guys like Jesus who are great long-term solutions to your front three that may not factor into game week eight. So do you want to spend a lot of time and energy thinking about what transfer you're going to make in your front three only to kind of blow it for game week eight. Maybe you sit on a guy like Firmino if you still have him. Maybe you sit on Tammy Abraham for another week and and wait uh, until game week nine when things are settled from the break to go in for a guy like Jesus. Brandon, could you how much how much money do you have in your bank right now? I have I have one point five in the bank. So if you take Calvert Lewin out, I'm looking at a six point five uh, you know that you're, you're point point one short of Chris Wood. Who I think is a really good option there. He's six point six million, uh, and he has West Ham, Newcastle, and Swansea at home in three of the next five. Um, I think he's a really interesting third option there. I think it's kind of nuts that a guy like Chris Wood is that expensive. Six point six. It is. It is a lot. I mean, he's you know, only two goals in the season, but he's look. He's looked dangerous. I mean, I actually the, think uh, he's, he's looked. He's played. He's played well. He actually could have scored in the Everton match. He, he 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 functions so perfectly in that Sean Dyche system where he is able to hold up that ball. He's able to menace the back line. He's just like perfect for that. He's yeah. he's been a great player for them. Kind of worth six point six in FPL. I I can't believe he is. Yeah, I know. It's it it, it seems it seems too high by about half a million. Um, but, it is so scattershot, yeah. the pricing on the strikers this season. 
going anywhere from 12, uh, 12.5 for Kane. Uh, he what started about? at 12.5, 12, 12. right? Yeah, 12.5 for Kane, all the way down to you've got starters now like Calvert Lewin at 5.0 or, or Tammy Abraham. And then everyone in between, it's just like there's almost no rhyme or reason between Chicharito and Wilfred Boney, who probably both have the same scoring potential long term. I know we could argue about that, you and me. You're, you're, you're a bony hater. I, I am a bony hater. I, I have actually, speaking of Lee Hala, I have a bet that uh, he's going to score less than five goals in the season. And uh, he's still at a big fat zero through <laughs> <laughs> through seven weeks. Uh, I, know he, I know he didn't join the squad until, you know, week three or four. Uh, Jerry Gonzalez says, my international break dilemma, Lukaku for Jesus or Mickey for, uh, that's Mkhitaryan for Sané Sterling. Brandon, I'll take the second, uh, the first part of this. Okay. Uh, and... You know, just you know, you don't actually have to ask us um, if you should get rid of Lukaku because I am always going to say no <laughs> that you should not get rid of Lukaku. Yeah. Uh, now, when, once you know, it sounds like Ibra is like going coming back to training. Okay, fine. Like maybe by the time the international or by, or by the time the December holiday fixtures roll around, maybe then we have to think about getting rid of him. But through then, I'm going through all the difficult fixtures. I'm I'm playing it out. I'm just I'm riding it. Well, I mean, subsequent to that, we had a question from Mark saying, is getting rid of a 60% owned player ever a good idea? He's got to be referring to Lukaku here. And right. I mean, scientifically, no, it's a terrible idea. And uh, if, we're, if we're talking about guys like Aguero and Morata who are out for, you know, sh- uh, multiple game weeks, you've got to yeah. hold Lukaku. Uh, he, but- and there's no reason to get rid. Yeah, I mean, this is something we talked about on the, um, you know, we talked about this on the podcast with um, with Peter Blake, the Patreon podcast. You know, it's just, he's 60% owned for a reason, you know? I mean, it's like people get very caught up in the ownership and they feel sort of locked into him because because his ownership is so high. And it's like you can't get away. But, I mean, he's owned that way. It's not just because there are a lot of Man United fans out there. I mean, you know, he's that expensive because he scored, what, three, four, he scored seven goals in the first seven games. He's got... Only one assist, actually. I'm surprised he doesn't have more, more than that. You know, he's on eight, eight bonus points, uh, second overall, you know, point leader right now for forwards. So um, He should yeah. have more assists, right? Because he's basically assisted himself on half of those goals because he's not <laughs> able to put the first attempt away and it just exactly. comes right back into his he head. credit, he doesn't give up. <laughs> he doesn't give up. Well, another thing we talked about with Peter, too, is Lukaku. It's hard for Lukaku to pass the eye test because he's not... He's not looked all that flashy, but what he is doing for this Man United squad is getting into consistently getting into great scoring positions. Yeah. And you really can't overlook that. And that is why he's scoring all these goals. He'll continue to do that. So yeah. let's just move on. from. And I don't worry about this, this little injury thing that, that they're talking about. I, I have no concern about that. I'm, I'm, I would say I'm about almost unless, you know, OK, maybe Friday morning Mourinho comes out at a press conference. But, you know, barring that, I'm, I think it's a certainty that he plays away to Liverpool. It's too big of a game. Yeah, doubtless. OK, so we're getting on to Jerry's question, though, about um, Mkhitaryan for Sané or Sterling. So Mkhitaryan, he scored um, for his his country over the international break. He's no slouch, but yeah. he his his stats and his per- level of performance for Manchester United has kind of dwindled over the last few game weeks. Yeah, I would definitely I would move uh, Mkhitaryan for Sterling, and um, that actually leads us right into kind of part what I don't know part one, part one section section B. It's like a legal contract. Uh, midfielders, uh, we're going to talk about 
well, we're going to talk about a lot of mids, Brandon. Um, but first, uh, to kind of set the table here a little bit, uh, Nick Edge says, uh, how long until a premium mid starts to perform? Uh, how long can I survive with 4-3-3 and, uh, and three 4.5 midfielders? <laughs> I'd say for a while longer. If you're, if you're talking about guys like Hazard or Alexis Sanchez, um, three or four point, are... yeah, three or four point five midfielders is a lot, though. That's it is, I mean, there's, but there's that no one's scoring in that four point five million range. That's the system one plays, though, to go really big, both at the front and in your defense. So I can't balk at that, not knowing what Nick's entire um, starting eleven looks like. Yeah, but I know a lot of managers out there are running with three four point five mids on a rotation. So they can go as big as they want in their defense and their strike force. And yeah. I think there are a lot of valid rotation. I mean, okay, there are valid rotations for three, four point five mids if you're just trying to rotate the best opportunity to score three points into your midfield. Yeah, I, I do think you need to go a little higher. I mean, because I, I have two four point five mids, and you know, I'm getting absolutely nothing from them. I mean, they're actually both. <laughs> they're both red oh, flags. Oh, right. oh yeah, um, yeah. Loftus Cheek can't play in that Chelsea match. Um, and, uh, and Chal- not Chalaba. Chalaba. Yeah. Yeah. Chalaba. Yeah. He's out for the, uh, you know, probably the season. Um, so. Which is a shame. It, yeah. It is a shame. But even, even, even those guys weren't going to be getting me. I mean, certainly none of them were. I don't think either of them even had an assist so far in the season. Um, I mean, Chalaba looked dangerous. And I mean, Loftus Cheek has looked very dangerous at times. And, you know, he'll actually, I think he'll, will, he will look a little better when the fixtures get better for Crystal Palace. Um, but I think you need one, you need a third mid that at least has some threat. I mean, I, ha- I have Chopa Matin. Um, that was just a stats based pick. That was something that, um, a lot of our, our friends on the internet, you know, who, who love to put together these algorithms looking five, 10 weeks ahead. He just, he was popping up at the top of those lists. I got an assist last week. Um, uh, they have a tricky fixture, you know, way to city, but then the fixtures look really, really good from game week nine on. Um, and you know, he's 5.6 million, very affordable. Um, he's, you know, basically playing as an out of position forward. Um, I mean, they have a Juf as a, like a, like a wing back right now. <laughs> no, uh, which is so random. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but he looks really dangerous. You know, he's, 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 he's very tall. I don't know if you've seen any, um, you've seen him play at all really, but he's, uh, he's, he's a, he cuts a striking figure. He does. Yeah. And, uh, almost actually had a goal. The assist could have been a goal if he hit it a little bit harder. Um, but it was kind of a cool, like, second effort. He sort of hit it, and it came back to him, and he knocked it over, and then Crouch um, scored the goal. So, um, yeah, I do think you need to um, – you need at least one – one, like, and I think Pascal Gross is another perfectly valid sure. option, right? He's 5'6 sure, sure. or 5'7. 5'7, um, dog. I, I pick, I'm picking up value on Pascal. <laughs> yeah, even, you know, um, what's uh, – who's the uh, Newcastle – or Matt Ritchie? Yeah. Um, or even Christian Atsu, right, at 5 million as, an, as another option. Well, let me put it this way. There are really only two must-have, or, or you could argue three must-have midfielders right now at any price value, and that's Erickson, Salah, and David Silva. Those are the three that you could just slot in, and that's great. And those are the higher pri- the best of the higher-priced mids. We're, we're not even considering Hazard or Alexis Sanchez at this point yet. Beyond that, I think you're exactly right, Josh. Like, you need to find somewhere to invest in what is going to be definitely attacking points reten- um, potential. 
but it is a slot machine still at this point. Yeah. Where there's no guarantees here. I don't know that we can tell you which third midfielder, which fourth midfielder to bring in right now. It's kind of, it's kind of just to go with your gut. Uh, look as much as you can, compare the stats, but there's no one to like wholeheartedly recommend. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Even Chopomotin, who I'm, I'm happy to have because uh, I feel like he's good value. I, I, it's not like I feel like I'm getting a goal or an assist every game week or even every other game week from him. But if I can get, you know, if I can get a goal every three weeks, you know, or maybe um, I don't know an assist every four weeks, you know, it's yeah. like I, if I can get on a goal and an assist every five <laughs> weeks from him, that seems like a pretty okay return. Yeah, and and just go for it. You could look at Brighton and say their fixtures look great: Everton, West Ham, Southampton, Swansea, Stoke. It's all like exactly. it's all like lower difficulty, but these are still also the lower table teams. Even if they're going against the weaker opponents, there's no guarantee they're even going to get close to scoring a goal there. So. To even play the fixtures here seems like you're 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 fooling yourself a little bit. Yeah, and just you you brought up Hazard a second ago. We had a question from Dave from Dave from Burnley asked about eighteen questions. Um, I think we're going to answer like one and a half of them. Well, Dave uh, holds said, the record for getting three questions into one episode. So <laughs> that that is true. That is true. Dave says, uh, should we get Hazard now, or does the crocked Murata make him more or less um, more or less desirable? Um, well, I think I mean I, okay. There's a there's only a chance that you could play his art as an out of position forward. I, the thing is, he's just so expensive, um, and he you know he he's been looking good so far. And I know that Chelsea's fixtures are really quite good moving forward. Um, and I don't like not having a Chelsea player right now. Yeah. Um, I think that's a problem I'm going to have to solve at some point. Uh, but I do think that um, for two million cheaper or one point five million cheaper in some you know in some cases. Uh, you can get a Man City midfielder, and I think you're just as likely, if not more likely, to get points from them. So uh, that 1.5 million can be invested in your defense up front. And, and, you know. If anyone's listening doesn't know what transfer Josh uh, burned four on this this game week, I already said it. I said it's the bucket. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I don't mean to like. Yeah. I'm sure there's like some whatever that is. It's the opposite of buyer's remorse, where you're like you're trying to convince yourself you made the right move. But I, I, you know, even 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 my decision aside, I mean, I don't think that's biasing me too much here. I mean, don't you don't you think so too? I mean, do you do you yeah. want to shell out ten million for Hazard right now? Definitely. The last time we were really talking about Hazard too was coming out of the last international break in which um, Belgium was was. Uh, I mean, they were scoring goals for fun against really weak weak opponents. But Hazard was playing. He got a, he got a goal or two. I don't really remember. But since that international break, Hazard doesn't hasn't done anything for Chelsea. It's still kind of curious how Conte's um, uh, working him back into that lineup. Uh, there's no yeah, there he's given us no reason to bring him in, and I totally agree. Okay, so yeah, you're specifying Man City midfielders, which is a great place to invest your money. But I but I'd also just say look at any midfielder that is performing that is cheaper than Hazard because Hazard is not performing, period. Right. I mean, yeah, Christian Eriksen is, is, yeah. has performed all season. He's cheaper than... than uh, yeah, Mo Salah, yeah. I mean, Sadio Mane um, right. back in the lineup. Coutinho has been skyrocketing in value yeah. I mean, over Coutinho the break. Was a, he has been, but he's still almost a million cheaper, right? <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, Coutinho started at $9 million this season, so I think he's up to nine two already. Is he really? Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, even even sell. God, you know, I could 
I almost I, I thought about bringing him in at eight point eight on my wild card. Uh, actually, Coutinho's at eight point nine. I guess he oh, he, okay. he had dropped a ton of value um, earlier in the season because yeah. of uh, injury and all that Barcelona talk. So Coutinho, yeah, Coutinho's at eight point nine. Already, you know, rounded in form. Uh, Eden Hazard is at ten point five million. He's even more expensive than I realized. You just can't, I, I don't think you can do it. I mean, okay, like. You know, if you're down 65 points in your mini league already, sure. I mean, that's probably a pretty good investment because, um, you know, it's a, you know, there's a, I mean, he's the kind of guy who can go for 23 points, especially at home. Yeah. Um, but I, I just don't personally see it being worth the money. Um, I think I would rather, um, even, even Erickson, right? I mean, you know, point eight yeah. cheaper. I'd rather have him. Well, let's get it. So let's get into the Sterling talk because I think Hazard comes up because people are, People are moving a lot of players around in their squads, mostly because of like Aguero and Morata injuries. They've got a little bit more money to throw into their midfield. So uh, Sterling is the bandwagon. Like there is a strong odor of bandwagon around Sterling right now. Slim Shady asks Sterling for Mkhitaryan. Is he the best replacement? So Sterling is coming out of this international break as the transfer du jour. Yeah, he really is. And I think that the 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 chatter that I see a lot online is, you know, Sterling versus Sané, right? And these are two two players that are both, you know, you know, reasonably affordable. Uh Sterling is 7.9 million, Sané is 8.3 million. Those are players that both that most teams can most people can, you know, afford to bring in. Um they both haven't necessarily been the most consistent starters. Um, you know, Sané even more than Sterling, I think, although Sané has kind of earned his spot back, I think, based on some really, really good performances the last couple of game weeks. Um, so, you know, and, and I think with, with Mendy out um, and Danilo moving there, at least at times, although, I mean, the Fabian Delph thing, like, who knows? Like, I, I still have a hard time thinking that Fabian Delph is a long-term replacement there. It seems there. unlikely. It does seem unlikely. It's, it's, but, it's up there with uh, Duve for Stoke. Right. It is. Yeah. So, you know, the question is uh, between the two, you know, who is, um, you know, who is more likely to um, be worth the money, I guess. Right. Yeah. And we're looking at the heat maps here and it's insane. Sané's heat map is all along the left side, like almost exclusively. Classic, classic winger, you know, heat map. Right. It's like yeah. all Adele Alley's map looks like this a little bit, too. Yeah, but Sterling is is much more across the middle. Looks like he's he's able to switch switch uh, sides of the field occasionally, take it through the middle a bit. He's a little more versatile within um, whatever whatever system Pep's playing moment to moment. So, right. yeah, just based on the heat maps, like Sterling definitely looks like the way to go. Yeah, and uh, he's you know four starts on the season, um, and uh, four starts to three starts, and that includes one one game that Sterling missed with a with a uh, red card. Um, he is he scored you know five goals to Sane's three. Um, Sane does have him with with two assists and no assists for Sterling. I'm actually shocked that Sterling has no assists in the season because that used to be a real a real go to for him because he's he's such a poor finisher that he <laughs> used to be uh, used to lay it off a lot more than he. It seems like he goes for goal a little more often this season. Yeah, um, I did a comparison for fun between uh, Sterling and Kevin De Bruyne. I kind of have a vested interest because I'm still a KDB owner, and um, it it just see. I think this is the conundrum with KDB. He just absolutely murders Raheem Sterling on stats, apart from goals, 
Uh-huh. Um, but but what does that even mean, right? Because because we're talking about a fantasy, not not real life. <laughs> right. So you've got these players who are just stats killers, like KDB. Um, Tucson but, Tadich. Yeah, and, and Tadich. Yeah, we, 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 this goes back to our conversation with Peter Blake on Patreon. Um, but he's just not emerged as an FPL asset right now, too. So I'm, I'm curious to see how Sterling does. And uh, I definitely yeah. think, going back to that Jesus discussion... There's a pretty good likelihood that Sterling could play a false nine in game week eight and come away yeah. with at least a goal. Didn't get a minute today for the, in the England match, which was a huge sigh of relief for someone who brought him in early. I mean, I really took a risk because I brought in Sterling and uh, and Kane. And, and before the, you know, I, I put him in before they had to play two matches for the internationals. I was really nervous about it. But, you know, Kane scores two goals. Uh, Sterling, I, I mean, I don't think he really impressed uh, last, last week, but. Uh, didn't play at all on Monday, which is great. So um, there's no reason to think he wouldn't start um, at home um, this weekend. And uh, just just to t- talk a little bit more at the Sterling Sané. Um, so in terms of uh, penalty area touches, uh, Sterling has 46 to Sané's 24. Um, you know, goal attempts, um, Sterling has 19 to Sané's 10. Uh, goal attempts in the box, it's 14 to, 14 to 8. So um, just a lot of reasons to think that Sterling is going to offer you more FPL, you know, even, okay. I, I don't think a lot of people like Sterling is a little bit like Lukaku. Or I think people just don't like him very much. Like uh-huh. just personally, people don't like Sterling. Have um, you ever met the man? I mean, to know, to, to have met Raheem is to hate him. Is that right? Yeah. No, I, I have not. So you went to that, you went to that, that meetup, right? I went to the, the Raheem Sterling meetup. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason so, to go was to meet him and you wouldn't believe it. I like Sonny. I like Sonny more as a player. I mean, as a as a as a you know fantasy aside, I just I like his game more. Um, I I don't. I just like him more. I, I like. It seems like he scores more spectacular goals. <laughs> uh, but from a pure FPL standpoint, I mean, the thing is, they're both going to get rotated. I don't think there's any. I don't think anyone can can really say. We're all just guessing about who's going to get more minutes over the next five game weeks between those two. I mean, who knows, right? So David so, Silva doesn't enter into this equation for you at all. Yeah, just with Silva, he's just not a goal scorer. I mean, he just doesn't, um, you know, I, I just don't think he, uh, I mean, you'll get assists from him, but I, I just, I feel like I need more goal throw for my midfield because my midfield is so uh, so weak at the bottom. So right now I have Salah, Sterling, and Chopamata, and I have three midfielders who can all score goals. Uh-huh. Um, and that just feels very important to me. Um, I'm not looking for two points every game week, uh, not from those three, because um, I'm really I'm really investing in the defense. I'm going for for at the back right now, I need three midfielders. I need all of them to have some goal threat. Um, and I do actually do think that Sterling has some assist threat as well. And I think we'll start to see more of that uh, just based on what we've seen from him over the years. Um, and, you know, I think in the end, I mean, just because it's so hard to tell between those two, um, Sterling is 0.4 million cheaper than Sané. And that is kind of the final decider for me. He's yeah. just a little bit cheaper. Yeah. All right. You make a compelling case. I, I do want to say I think a lot of managers out there will will still be with David Silva and his minutes are a little more consistent. And yeah, yeah that's he, fair. He doesn't have the goal threat, but he's putting up FPL points as consistently as Sterling. I mean, he's he's on 44 versus Sterling's 35 points on the season. That certainly could change if Sterling is playing in a different position in the next couple of game weeks. Uh, Ignacio V says, "Is it one last one last chance for Mkhitaryan? Is it time to transfer out?" Um, I wouldn't burn four to do it, but if you could move uh, 
Mkhitaryan to one of these Man City midfielders, I think I would do it. Mkhitaryan has got to be locked in at this point. I mean, Fellaini's injury is going to throw even more um, uh, strangeness upon the uh, Mourinho's team sheet. Yeah, that's true. And Liverpool, Ander yeah. Herrera probably comes in, but that he, he offers something completely different than Fellaini. But I, I guess I mean to say that Mkhitaryan is nailed in that midfield right now. Yeah, he definitely is. I mean, yeah. I, I again, I wouldn't burn four. I'm sure right, right. Score. That just yeah, bolsters yeah. your point to not don't. It's not a priority to get him out. I mean, you're seeing a lot of people dropping him, but he could easily uh, get you an assist or a goal in the coming weeks. David Felheim has a question. Uh, final question for the midfield section says he's going to take a, a hit this game week, and he has enough money to go from uh, Ansu to Sane or Silva or uh, Tom Carroll to Sterling. And would you rather have Sterling? Sane or Sane or Silva, Brent. I'll leave it. I, I've answered this question. So, what's what's your answer? <laughs> well, uh, for me, the, the way to answer this question is not which Man City midfielder do you want; it's which uh, budget midfielder do you want. And I, I dare say, you want Christian Atsu over Tom Carroll. Yes, very clear. You're right. That's a, that's a good way to think about it. <laughs> So I mean, Tom Tom Carroll's going to lose his spot at some point, right? No, I he's mean, not. Why is he going to lose his spot? Cause because he's not, he's not, in, not, he, he's not in that team to score goals. He kind of is, though. I mean, he's no, on. He's he's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that team needs that team needs goals. At some point, they need to bring in players who who can assist or score goals. Uh, yeah. So I mean, Atsu looks more threatening there from the FPL perspective, and you could have Sane Silva or Sterling if. If you um, if that's the equation, right? Because if you're bringing in Sané or Silva, Sterling is cheaper than both those guys. So David, I assume you can also get Sterling. So you you might want to lean on what uh, Josh is saying about Raheem Sterling here. I think he's he's he could be a good long term pick. Definitely, Sterling is a great short term pick for Man City. Just a couple defender questions here, Brandon. I think we can go these, through these pretty quickly. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson says, uh, David Louise uh, is $5.9 million worth the savings over Ospilicueta. Uh, that, that's a context-dependent question, Jeremiah. If I think um, to get a Chelsea defender in, uh, it kind of doesn't matter. Uh, the, the bulk of the points you're getting from either of these guys will be clean sheet points, so it's probably a wash. No, Aspilicueta I mean, is probably yeah. safer from rotation. Maybe, might be safer. I mean, Aspilicueta is on four assists on the season, so I mean, yeah, you got to give him some credit. I mean, I know those are all been. I think they've have they all been to Murata? Well, it, yeah. So I'm, I'm not. I'm giving. I'm giving Dave credit here, but what I'm saying is, I don't. I want to know what Jeremiah is sacrificing. Like, what right. it, what are you getting for the extra almost one million that he's saving by bringing in David Luiz over Aspilicueta? Yeah, that's true. Okay, so we don't know enough to answer that question, so we're going to move on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to. I mean, having a you know a starting Chelsea defender for under six million is is good value. Totally, um, compared to Aspilicueta, maybe not so much. But yeah, and in that, a vacuum, that, that's kind of my point. If if it takes five point nine just to get in on those Chelsea clean sheets, go for it. Uh, Ian Walker says, "This is an interesting question. I, I thought I knew the answer to this, but now I, now I'm a little on the fence." He says, "Is it worth keeping Jones ahead, Phil Jones? That is mm-hmm. ahead of a Southampton defender." Uh, I'd say, yeah. Uh, I mean, um, Manchester United have dropped one clean sheet so far this season. I understand they're they've been playing a lot of uh, quote lesser opposition, and mm-hmm. but Southampton have been playing their own 
peers in the table and and teams below them and they've struggled to keep clean sheets yeah exactly um i you know i actually when i brought jones in i thought i would probably make the move from jones you know down to um southampton cedric yeah to cedric but now i'm not sure i mean i i think i'm I'm definitely keeping him for the liverpool game and then if i I keep him for that i got to keep him for the huddersfield match too in game week nine um so then it's a question of whether i want to ride it out with the the Spurs and Chelsea at the game. I mean, the thing is, his price hasn't risen that much. So you could, you could transfer him out before game week 10. Um, if, you know, I mean, I think Spurs will score in that game. Although with a Mourinho team, you never know. That, that is a home match for them. Um, I mean, it, it's the shame of it is that he doesn't offer any goal or assist <laughs> threat. So, I mean, you're basically counting on two points if they, if they concede a goal. There's no, you know, he doesn't do anything else. Yeah. Uh, but- it, we we have both been Bertrand owners. I'm still a Bertrand owner. You dropped him, and he has not produced any attacking returns thus far this season, which is a huge disappointment. All right, let me ask you this, Brandon. In the last th- in the preceding three seasons, Baron and Miney's had some injuries. How many goals and assists do you think he's had total, Ryan Bertrand? over those three seasons? No, uh, Phil oh, Jones. Oh, Phil Jones. Uh, I would say two. Two what? Two goals? Two goals and no assists. He has zero goals and one assist. And that assist came in the 2014-15 season. He has either no goals or no assists uh, last season, the season before that, and this season. Oh, Phil Jones has taken a real beating in this episode of Always Cheating. <laughs> hey, I mean, he's on, you know, if they keep clean sheets, he's, he's good for bonus points. But he can't stay healthy. I mean, that's part of the problem, too, is, I mean, I, you know, he might not play this match. Yeah, you have to be very unfeeling if you're a Phil Jones owner. Because if you see a, if you see a crack in that armor, just you've got to get rid of him immediately. Yeah. And, you no, know, at least, you know, I brought him at 5.1. He's 5.2 now. So if, if I did drop him, I, I could bring him back without, without you know, only losing 0.1. Yeah. Uh, Ian Wilson says, uh, there's no doubt that some defenders offer great values. Uh, thoughts on four, 4.5, or 5 at the back? What is 4? Oh, oh, I see. 4.5 is your rotation with a cheap mid, uh, or 5 at the back. Um, have you given any more thought to 4 or 5 at the back, Brandon? Is that something you're you, you're thinking about? You couldn't pay me to run 5 at the back. I mean, we, we talk <laughs> a lot about the stress level of rooting for clean sheets yeah. at FPO. Yeah. And rooting for 5 of them at a time... Um, I'll die. I'm already not going to live to an, to an old age. So, <laughs> so why, why do that yeah. to myself? I do think five at the back is, is really not a winning strategy. Uh, don't, it's, don't ask me to back yeah. that up with statistics. I honestly, it's just, it, it, I, it's my, like, I can't, I've, I've been doing four at the back and I'm actually fine with it. I mean, it's, it's worked out really well for me. Um, the last few game weeks, yeah, I plan to, to clean sheets. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And, and, and obviously you have, you know, you have wingers like, um, like, you know, Ben Davis, who have just been phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that, um, I think four at the back, yes, for sure. Um, five at the back is just a little too much for me. Um, mostly because it's just not my style, yeah. you know? I just don't like to play that way. And so I'll always be looking for a way to get out of it. I mean, you know, if you are, um, you know, if you really can just, like, you adapt your approach to each season, and it's like tabula rasa, you just, like, start over, then fine, give it a shot. But for me, like, I know I'll be looking to bring it up, bring bring out one of those fifth defenders right away. The I think the thing, the game with five at the back is you go all wingers who have potential to get assists and goals, and you, you brought up Ben Davis, and that's that's what you're getting with him. 
But that's just not sustainable. I don't think that there are three to five guys like that in the Premier League who are going to do that on a consistent enough basis that are going to give you the same level of return that you would if you're if you're putting three premium strikers up front. So yeah. I mean, hard th- to recommend. Yeah. The three at the back revolution has definitely changed things. Um, you know, I mean, we'll see how long it lasts. If it's a tactical fad, or if it's something that lasts for years to come. I mean, it does. It certainly opens up these defenders for a lot more points than we we've seen in you know previous years. Um, so, are we advocating so, for a rotational situation in the back with cheaper defenders? The way I the way I'm set up right now is, I have. I'm a little heavy at the back. I have Monreal, Bertrand, and Ben Davis, and Ben Mee as well. Two Bens. I've never had. I don't know if I've ever had two Bens in my FPL team before. So it's it's pretty go to. That's a pretty go to four at the back. Then. Yeah. So I can run four at the back, and it's it's decent. And there had been there's just been an, uh, a huge amount of clean sheets so far this season. So I think four in the back is sort of meeting somewhere in the middle. But I I. And because there are so many clean sheets, I like the idea of getting a, a handful of 4.5 uh, defenders. Like maybe you're going to go um, Burnley defender and Newcastle defender and say somebody else from Brighton or something like that yep. and do yep. a rotation. And I think that's great. I, I think that's a fun way to play defense. All right. Well, let's we've gone pretty long here. So let's take, take a quick break. Uh, before we do, I just want to quickly run through the Super League top 10. We didn't get a chance to do that last week. Um, and uh, Hail Cheater Super League, Brian, it's the League of Leagues. Uh, you can still join that league. League code's on our website and on our Twitter page. Um, let's run through that top 10, Brandon. Um, why don't you do it? Starting at number 10, it's Vengerin, no transfers allowed. Ninth place, Andrew Ferguson. Two girls, one schlup. That's a new entry on the top 10 this week. Well uh, tie for seventh place, we have Baye, George H.H.'s team, and also tied is Joshua Williams, Rome Lukaku. Sixth place, Justin Shu, Lambu Leapers. Fifth place, Rolf Arn Strandford. Sorry about that, Rolf. I detmest <laughs> Leggett. Uh, in fourth place, Harry Atkinson, a Hooten, and a Holleran. Love that team name. Third place, Ben Sutton, the Terabads. In second place, Melvin Mambazi, Melvin United. And uh, moving up to first place this week, great Argentine prose and poet uh, artist Fabio Borges with Clichy's Clean Sheets, up to 479 total points. And Josh, we updated the homepage of our website this during this international break, which is going to have a, a rolling feature of the Super League Top 10. So if you ever wonder... Who's in the top ten? Just go to alwayscheating.com, check out the homepage. That's right. And we're we're gonna talk about the Patreon stuff uh, near the end of the pod. We've got a lot of thank yous to um to dole out. Uh but just as a reminder, uh, if you go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating, uh you can listen to our interview with Peter Blake, which we've already brought up a couple times, just kind of just because it was such an interesting interview. Um and uh you can also join our knockout league, uh, which is a survivor league that starts uh, in game week eight. So all you have to do is uh, join by Friday, and I'll make sure you're in that league. And then you just pick one team uh, to uh, to win uh, the following game week. And um, if you, the winner of that survivor league is actually going to be invited to be a guest on the podcast. So, um, all right, let's take a break. Same old podcast, always shaming. Josh, let's take a quick minute to talk about our friends at Starting Eleven. It's a new daily fantasy app for the Premier League. 
Uh, every time I say the word premiere, I, I'm sure somebody out there in the world grimaces. But to find out more about Starting <laughs> Eleven, you go to their website, starting11.io. That's starting11.io. You can download their app for your iPhone or your Android phone. Go to the Google Play Store or the uh, the iTunes Store to get those apps. The cool thing about Starting Eleven is it's a daily fantasy app for the Premier League, which you can play anytime. There are at least two Premier League fixtures going on. It's a blast particularly on Saturdays when you've got uh, five, six kickoffs going on simultaneously. So you're setting your starting 11 uh, squad up each day, and the great thing is you have no budget that you have to adhere to. So any players that you can't get into your uh, regular FPL side, but you really want to um, uh, accrue points in some some sort of fantasy game, go to starting 11. And then the great, the great feature, the piece de resistance, Josh, is the live in-game substitutions that you can make via the Starting Eleven app. Uh, you are the manager on the sideline. If somebody in your Starting Eleven squad is underperforming, they get injured, they get substituted off, you in your lineup in the app can substitute somebody in and start getting those points from those players, which is really awesome. And Josh, of course, we, we're still doing the Challenge the Cheaters competition where you can hit us up on Twitter or Facebook, send us an email and challenge us on Starting Eleven. All we need to do is connect via our email addresses uh, through the Starting Eleven app. And you can play me or Josh uh, during the weekend. We're always on the Starting Eleven app playing. Uh, so that's a great way that we can interact with you, the listeners. Exactly. So um, DM us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, email us at hailshooters.com, as, as Brandon was uh, sane and um, yeah, we look forward to playing with you guys this week. We've actually played with a ton of people already, and it's a lot of fun. And just as an aside, uh, Brown and I had a call with the. Um, this is really I'm, I'm like letting everybody in on this the, is, yeah, the secret stuff here, but uh, but we had a, we had a call with with uh, co-founder of Starting Eleven, Thomas Braun, and uh, there's some really cool stuff uh, that coming through the pipeline, um, and uh, we'll be excited to talk to tell you guys more about that uh, in the coming weeks. Brandon, part two is uh, it's, a, it's our lightning round section of the day. Uh, we're looking at all all 20 teams. We're going to start at the bottom of the table, work our way up. We're just going to say one thing we know, one thing we don't know. Now, that's not for each of us. I think we'll just try to reach some kind of uh, consensus here. And the reason we're doing this, we're going to focus on you know the FPL aspect uh, of these teams. But I think it's really useful every now and then just to like take a step back, Think about the team. Think about, you know, sometimes we, you get in your head a little bit and you start thinking about, oh, maybe I do want to bring in, you know, some West Brom midfielder. Maybe I do want to bring in whomever. And then you just it's you just have to think about the team. Like, are they where are they? You know, like, are they are they in form? Are they um, are they scoring a lot of goals? Um, just that kind of like holistic view of what the team is like, I think, can really you know, help make your decisions. I mean, we talked about Man City a lot, and the point is, it almost doesn't matter what Man City midfielder you have right now because we know how many goals they're scoring, you know? And so you just have to keep that kind of thinking in mind when you're making a transfer, and I think it's really useful just to, like... Just I, I, Jamie Vardy's a little bit like this too. Like I'm a little reluctant to bring in someone like Vardy because I mean I know they look good at times, but that team just does not look like a complete team right now. And I just I think that's really going to hurt him. I mean they just they, they've had way too many you know kind of dreadful games and nil nil matches already this season where um, Vardy really should have been picking up points. And you just think if that team was was operating a little more fluidly, um, he would have more points. See so. the forest for the trees, Joshua. 
Exactly, exactly. So, all right, number 20, Crystal Palace. <laughs> all right, what we do know about Crystal Palace, Josh, I would posit is that they will at some point score a goal, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek will probably score that goal. So FPL-wise, what we know is that Loftus-Cheek is the only viable asset there. What don't we know about this club? Uh, what we don't know is what defender, if any, we want to bring in at some point for this squad. Once the fixtures get a little better, um, you assume that Ray Hodgson will tighten up a little bit at some point. Uh, it's still such a shame that Van Anhalt started the season at 5.5. I mean, I think his price has dropped a little bit, yeah. but he's, he's still too expensive. Yeah. So, you know, what we don't know is if there is some 4.5 million uh, defender that we want to bring in. And that, that's who I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah, it would for. have to be bargain basement for, to make it worthwhile. All right, 19. It's AFC Bournemouth. The Associated Football Club, known as Bournemouth. What do we know about Bournemouth? That I think what we know about them is that they're underperforming FPL-wise. So right. uh, what yes. we know is they have a lot of viable FPL assets that just aren't coming to the fore yet, be it Charlie Daniels. I mean, uh, Jermaine Defoe is perhaps one that we don't know about, one that we could, we could put in the do-not-know category. Yeah, we do not know which forward will emerge as the as the best option there, which means you just have to avoid both of them right now. I mean, you know, I was thinking about this with with Stanislaw, you know, scoring a goal. Um, you know, was it two weekends ago now? And it's like, well, like because his value has dropped. I think he's like seven million now. He's he's actually like pretty affordable. Josh, King, um, but then you know, or, or, yeah, did I say yeah, Stanislaw? You, you, you were a you were a long time Stanislaw. Stanislaus is burned into your brain from from right, pain exactly. he inflicted last season. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, Josh King, and so you know you, you see Josh King, and then but you, then you have to think, well, who is the premium? Like, who's the who's the real lead striker in this squad? I mean, I, I still understand why they brought in Defoe. It doesn't seem like it's helped them at all. And uh, that was one of the worst transfers from from my vantage point of the summer. I know it just it didn't seem like the oh, the whole ethos for them is they used to be like they were like Burnley where they were just they're better than the sum of their parts, and now it feels like. It feels a little too star heavy. I mean, not star. I mean, I, I use star with quotation marks, but it, it doesn't seem. It feels like they've they brought in some kind of more expensive players, some big name players, and it doesn't seem like they it's had really a balance, showing. and now the balance is totally thrown off. Yeah, exactly. All right, Swansea City. What do we know about Swansea City? Ugh. Yeah, well, do well, we, we know do, anything about Swansea? Yeah, what we do know, I think, is that they're going to have a hard time scoring goals this year. Um, they don't really have a midfield. I mean, and I just don't. I don't know if they can stay up this year without a midfield. I mean, who's their who's their best midfielder? Yeah, I'd say what we don't know is what the potential <laughs> is for Renato Sanchez, and that's the big question yeah. mark there. And he he could be the key. Uh, and also, what we don't know is is Wilfred Boney. You 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 purport to know, Josh, that Wilfred Boney is just going to flame out. But yeah, I, I think what we don't know is where the goals are come are going to come from. What we do know is they'll struggle to get them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I yeah, in the the defense, um, you know, I have Fabianski. I'm staying with him. It's it's a big, you know, we really need to see how they perform over the next several weeks. They have a, a number of fairly easy fixtures. Uh, you know, Huddersfield at home, Leicester at home, Brighton at home, Burnley away. Um, that's four of their next five. Uh, then Bournemouth at home actually. So five of their next six fixtures. They do play Arsenal away game week ten. Uh, five of the next six are, are really pretty strong fixtures, and you would think they need to pick up something like nine points from those those eighteen to really start to feel like they can, you know, actually stay up this year. Yeah, uh, Lester. What we do know is they ain't what they used to be. Uh, we so do sad. know that uh, Riyad Mahrez is is basically FPL dead. 
It's I can't you know what? It's funny that his I was like, oh, it's amazing that his price hasn't dropped. Uh, but that I was like, oh, right, because no one owns him. Like <laughs> he's actually owned by three point nine percent of managers, which blows me away because I I get I maybe it's you know, I guess he scored two assists. He had, he had two assists in game week two. So uh, that's got to be like three point nine percent, just like dead teams. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, he only got 15 minutes in the last game and 60 minutes the game before that. They're kind of phasing him out. It, I mean, I guess if if they're going to move him off in January, maybe that's the plan. But who? I mean, at this point, I mean, no one wants him, right? I mean, he was available all summer, and you know, nobody wanted him. Listen, Mark Albrighton is doing all the work in that midfield. Who who needs Mares? Yeah, this is what. Okay, I have. Okay, here's what. Here's what I. What I. I don't know if it's what I don't know, but it's what I. What I hope to know soon. What I hope Mm -hmm. to find out is whether Damari Gray is is like actually going to start getting real minutes for them. Yeah, because. 5.3 5.3 million, uh, really interesting midfield option. Um, anyone who's, you know, like, like, like so many of us, I've just seen a ton of Lester over the last couple of years. Um, you know, cause they've just been on TV a lot and, um, it's kind of hard not to follow them. Right. Uh, but Demari Gray has always been this like young up and up and coming player. It couldn't really break through partially because he and Mares are kind of, uh, playing a very similar position. Um, for whatever reason, they haven't really played together that often. I don't think, mm-hmm. uh, there may be some Lester fans out there who, no better than I do we disagree, but it doesn't seem like they do. And, um, you know, we selected by 0.5% of managers played the full 90. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I mean, he's, you know, he's got some goal threat. He's got some, you know, some definite assist threat. So, um, I don't know. What do you think about Demari Gray? I love him. I think he's really terrific. I agree with what you're saying. Like anytime he would come in off the bench during that, uh, league winning season, he never succumbed to the pressure. He's just like a really poised young footballer, and I really do want to see him get more regular minutes. And and yeah, FPL-wise, if he's that price tag and he's playing in a Leicester City squad that has a striker like Jamie Vardy, yeah, yeah. give it to me. Yeah. I don't mean to come off like a Vardy hater. I, I just... I think at that price point, I don't know. I mean, he scored a bunch of goals this year already, so I, I like Vardy. I mean, I, I don't think he's a terrible option. Yeah, put put J.B. Vardy in the what we don't know yet because I think he he's shown a lot of great potential already this FPL season, um, but still there have been so many great viable strikers to buy. Vardy, it, it remains to be seen if Vardy is really going to make a real claim for that third spot up front. Yeah, uh, Everton. What we uh, okay? What we know about Everton is that they. Uh, have not figured out what the best lineup is, right? I mean, what is their best 11? It's like completely unclear. Yeah. Kuman has, I think what we know is Kuman has, has no idea what's going on right now. Well, I mean, okay. I, to give Kuman some credit, I mean, they like basically have an, an entirely new squad and they have a bunch of injuries at the back. So I, I don't think it's, and they've had a, some really, a really tough run of fixtures to start the season. So I think that you can, you can take the results with a grain of salt, I think, to an extent. Um, I mean, Kuhn's a good manager. I, I I think he's a good manager. Well, here's what, not to get too, um, like, old school rah-rah about it, but the, the esprit de corps that they showed at Goodison Park against Burnley in game week seven was one of the worst you'll ever see. And that is that comes down to the management. And Kuhn is not connected with these players at all. I, I respect the fact that they're all new and he's trying to figure it out, but it 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 is like dangerous levels of ambivalence on that pitch. Yeah, and I, I, I imagine the Calvert-Lewin thing is, uh, 
He's blowing some chances, man. Like that guy should that, that guy should have a couple goals. Yeah, uh, Cal- Calvert Lewin is my FIFA spirit animal, getting lots <laughs> of good looks in front of goal and just uh, hitting the circle button, and yeah, it goes right at the goalkeeper, or it goes about like you know super slow weak shot. Yeah. So what we don't know is if Calvert Lewin will ever score a goal in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's 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 scored plenty already, but just not in. Uh, he's scored them in Europa and all and, yeah. and all that stuff. I I just need give me one FPL return, Calvert Lewin, and and all is forgiven. I can just and I can move on with my life. All right, West Ham United. Uh, all right, you take the what we know for this one. Okay, what we know is that they're actually better than we thought they were at the start of the season. So. Um, they are they're growing into a viable FPL squad. Also, what we know is that Chicharito will never change. He continues to be a cherry picker of goals. Sure. And I would attach to that what we know is that he's probably not worth picking up on in your FPL team. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, unfortunately, I, I like I like you know I love all short men, uh, all, all short people out there. I, I root for. Uh, Jose Altuve, who's the Houston Astros uh, uh, second baseman, I'm just like a, a huge fan of. Um, yeah, I think that um, what we don't know about West Ham is uh, when Slavin Bilic is going to get fired, which is going to happen in the next few weeks. True, <laughs> sure, it is uh, inevitable. And, yeah, and then when when he gets fired, who uh, who's going to emerge? Because we all know that you know new manager comes in, there's typically a player or two who sort of come to the fore afterwards, right? I mean. Uh, I felt like like Will, Will Zaha really blossomed last year under. Uh, you wouldn't have thought it would happen under Sam Allardyce, but it really did, right? The second half of the season was really like Zaha's like kind of emergence. Yeah, um, I, so. I do have some fears that if if Fulham continues to sort of just um, fly under the radar in the championship, like people are sniffing around Jakanovic, their uh, manager, and he is somebody that could just move cross town to East London and take over that side. That's interesting. And then, then Allardyce comes in at Fulham and you're all set. That guy gets <laughs> yeah, all right. right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brighton and Hove Albion. B&H Albion. Brighton. Hove yeah. Uh, uh, what, we, what do we know about them? Uh, they can't score. A, yeah. That's what we know. Yeah, they have no attacking prowess. Um, and they're they're pretty much all down to being they're they're like Norwich City 2.0 right as far as far as yeah. i can tell what we do know is that they can they can they can win and keep clean sheets at home so if you need a cheap defender um and they have a run of like let's say 3 out of 4 home fixtures um you know they could be a good defensive option for the uh, christmas fixtures because um, I don't think there's a ton of depth in that squad. So um, there's a good chance if you have someone like Duffy or Dunk, you're going to get almost, they're going to start almost every Christmas fixture, uh, if not all of them. So um, what we also yeah. do know is that uh, Bruno loves himself a long throw in. <laughs> quarterback style. Yeah, quarterback style. <laughs> also, what uh, we do know is that Pascal Gross will probably never score another brace in the Premier League ever. So just put that out of your mind. Anthony Knockert is going to make sure that he stands in front of every shot <laughs> from Pascal Gross. Oh, one of, one of a, a terrible moment. <laughs> uh, Stoke City. Uh, what we know about Stoke City is that they have a forward playing as a wingback. And I love it. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, And what we do know is that this could actually be Shakiri's season. But I'd say what we don't know is 
will it be Shakiri's season or Chopamotin season? <laughs> Chupamotin. <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I like I like the value there for Chopamotin, but Shakiri seems like just for point three more. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think we both would want Hesse less than those two. Yeah, for sure. Shakiri Chupamotin. They they sit atop the points totals uh, for FPL for Stoke, but also they they're just the best looking players there. You mean like, well, yeah, and a they team with Peter cool. Crouch just, doesn't take that much, Brandon. I mean, come on. <laughs> Peter Crouch scores yet another goal. It just, may, may it never stop. May Peter Crouch just continue to score <laughs> garbage time wonderful. goals forever. Uh, all right. Uh, Southampton. What we know is that they are no fun to watch. They are, they are, are they the least fun team to watch in the Premier League? Well, uh, this is. I, Lamina is the wild card here. Lamina, the introduction of him has made them a lot more fun to watch, probably because there's like a cool blonde haircut to sort of track in the midfield. It's yeah. not just Romeo's like dome uh, sticking out like like a big thumb in the middle of the midfield. If but I, yeah, they, they, yeah, they have no they they just need to play Charlie Austin. Then they would be fun. I know. What is the deal there? Why is Austin? Yeah, that's why what we don't know. What is the deal with Charlie Austin? I am just, I am like an on the record. Anyone who's listened to this podcast for a couple of years know I'm just, I'm not a believer in Shane Long. I actually feel the same way about Robbie Brady. Uh, just, just throwing that dig in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just think that, um, yeah, you it should be Charlie Irish Austin. People, I love Charlie Austin. You? What's that? You just hate Irish people? <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. yeah, it must be. Yeah. Well, an Irishman killed my father. So, you know, it's uh, right. Save it for another episode. <laughs> Save it for Mark Marin, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not true, by the way, uh, in case anybody. Your father is still alive. That's good. Your yeah. father is still alive. Uh, Huddersfield Town. I, oh, wait. What is there anything we don't know about them? We don't know when Charlie Austin's going to start. Yeah, <laughs> start we don't know. Char- we don't know about Charlie Austin. All right. Huddersfield. Yeah. What we do know is that we've probably seen the best of Huddersfield Town this season, and the, the, this eleventh is probably as as high as they get. Yeah, it, it's true. What we, I, yeah, I mean, what we don't know to bring this back to fantasy a little bit is. I, is there a single fantasy asset you'd want on that team? I mean, possibly. What happened to Mounier? I mean, I know he's been injured, but is he is he ever going to come back? Yeah, I think he's not is he far. Back? From, is he back? He's not far from coming back. And that that could definitely be um, what they're missing. Right, right. But it was a uh, Tom, injury or something, right? Yeah, I think we had, we had talked up Tom Ince coming into the start of the season. Had. He has not scored any FPL points. And, and Moy, he's... He's trying to hold Huddersfield up FPL-wise as best he can, but it becomes harder and harder to justify him at 5.5. If Aaron Moy is 4.5, then then bless you. Let's keep let's keep this ride going. Yeah, yeah, five point five point seven right now. Yeah, it's that that's way too much for Aaron Moy. I mean, you're, you're just not getting enough. This this team can't. I mean, this is again. This is why we're looking at this team holistically because just if you look at this team as a whole, you would never bring Aaron Moy in because you just you know you're not going to get. Yeah, the, very the many points potential is just diminishing game week to game week, and that is really going to hurt somebody like Moy. And so I bought I brought in Moy at five point five. The decision that we Moy owners have to think about right now is, um, I don't think anyone has brought him in since then. Um, yeah. when, when do we cash in on Moy? So just, just watch the price trackers like FPL statistics, uh, to, to, to monitor Moy. Uh, West Bromwich Albion, uh, what we know is, uh, that nothing ever changes, right? Yeah. That, uh, there's you been still a little want... more flair there. 
No, no. I mean, yeah, I agree. But like you still the the players that you want are the defenders. Um, I think that, you know, you basically you want Johnny Evans, right? You yeah. want Johnny Evans at five million. Uh, actually, he's only four point nine million um, scored a goal. I mean, they get goals from their, you know, from their defenders. And that's that's kind of and every and everyone else is a crapshoot. Right. I mean, the whole midfield and all the forwards are crapshoots. What don't we know is were we all wrong to get rid of Higazi? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's on one and one. He, he zero. He, he got a, he got one clean sheet, but he's on zero one and one in the other three matches. So, but he's he, he's retained we, we, we the starting screwed. position, which was hard to predict. There, it was hard to predict. Yeah, maybe exactly. he's, he's locked in there, so that's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, Newcastle United. Uh, what we what we know about Newcastle is that they're a pretty fun team to watch with some interesting FPL assets. Actually, this is kind of what we thought would be the case, and I think it really is the case. I think there's there's really maybe like four or five different players you could look at in that squad and, and think about bringing in. Right? I mean, yeah. if you've got Atsu and Richie, uh, both of which are actually marked uh, yellow flagged right now. Um, possibly Hoizalu. Uh, um, definitely Rob Elliott, right? It's still only 4.1 million. Oh, yeah. Rob Elliott is, yeah. is, is the, is the master of bench goalkeeping. Totally. Tons of different defender options. I mean, you have LaSalle's already scored a couple of goals. Uh, and we, we mentioned DeAndre Yedlin at 4.5. It looks like he, 4.4 4. 4. Brandon. 4, okay. So he dropped in value. It looks like he might be nailed again on the left-hand side. He had a great, um, match for the u.s men's national team uh the other day against panama and so we are a little biased to be fair <laughs> we are we're, we're, we're total homers uh all right watford um wait did we say what we don't know with newcastle let's just move on you know? <laughs> yeah we we know everything no about newcastle don't here. worry about it yeah watford uh i you you take this one what do we know about watford <laughs> Uh, what we do know is that Richarlson is emerging as the creme de la creme there in of their midfield. Yeah. And what we sold him one week too early. Yeah. And uh, what we don't know is is Gray. Um, what's going on with Gray up front? He was one of the record signings in the transfer window. Brought him into play striker. He got sat on the bench in game week seven in favor of Troy Deeney. Uh, so what, what's the deal there? Is, is he a viable FPL yeah. asset? And yeah. So I think that's, that's the question is, you know, I mean, cause Dini is a, you know, proven, he's kind of in that Charlie Austin mold too, where there's, you know, you can see why players, why managers are reluctant to bring him in. Cause you know, they might not be able to do as many things as someone like Andre Gray can do. Um, I mean, I don't think Dini is very fast, for example. Um, you know, he's a good leader right? he's been the captain of that team, I think for like, you know, more than a half dozen years. Uh, but I think that, um, yeah, what we don't know is who the forward is going to be for that squad long term. I assume that it'll settle into one. Um, maybe it's Okaka, Brandon. I mean, who knows? It could be Okaka. And <laughs> maybe just throwing in, in what we do know is that Watford as a defensive unit is not worth investing in uh, at the yeah. moment where they have been in years past. Yeah, I agree. I would not invest in any. I mean, you have players like Jan Mott who can't stay healthy. You've got, uh, you know, Holobos is just like a, you know, he's always, you know, one yellow card away from suspension. All right, uh, let's move on to Liverpool. Liverpool. Oh my God, it's, it's good. It's now it's getting interesting. Yeah. Uh, what we know is that Mo Salah is the standout pick um, in FPL midfield this season and in Liverpool. And I guess what we don't know is how quickly it will take for players like Coutinho or Mane to overtake Salah if they will. What, what we also don't know is uh, if they will keep a clean sheet 
the rest of the no, season. No, that's something we do know. They won't. <laughs> you know, they. You think thirty-one weeks they can't? They won't keep one clean sheet. I mean, the probability says they will. But <laughs> I, I wouldn't. Maybe we we would not suggest that anyone bring in at Liverpool. Certainly not. Certainly not. Uh, maybe when Nathaniel Klein gets back. Uh, so I, that that pretty much covers Liverpool in a nutshell. I, I don't know that there are any big differentials at Liverpool right now that we need to discuss. I mean, guys like Henderson or Chan or Wijnaldum haven't really, or there has been no Lalana for Liverpool this right. season. So I think it's just what you see is what you get FPL-wise. All right. The next one I'm excited about because I, I'm kind of in love with this Burnley team right now. Well, tell uh, us what, all about it, Josh. What I, what I know is that I'm in love with <laughs> with, uh, with Stephen Ward, uh, my defender who, was, who I picked up my wild card and got me uh, eight points last week and 12 points this week. I love the way this team plays. Uh, everyone knows that they're extremely hard to break down at home. Uh, you got a ton of home fixtures coming up. And their fixture list... You you know, honestly, I think you could really go with two Burnley defenders right now. I think you, you know, I mean, yeah. Pope is risky because Heaton will come back, but you could double up in that back line and, um, and probably get quite a few clean sheets out of it. It is remarkable that they lost Keane, one of their major um, forces in central defense over the summer, and then Heaton goes out with an injury and they haven't missed a beat defensively. Just like amazing organization. And- Beautiful goal at Everton. Yeah, so I agree. Like, what we know is the defense is the way to go. What we don't know is whether there's anything worthwhile attacking-wise here. Rob Brady is um, kind of falling a little out of favor as a bandwagon. Right. And uh, Woods is a potential, but as as we were saying earlier in the pod, I think he's – Wood, I should say, is he's just a little too expensive at 6.6. Yeah. I, I You know, I, I actually I, – I think I'm a little higher on Wood than you are. I mean, I, I'm – I mean, I, I don't know much more about him than you do, but I've just, you know, in the, in the, I guess maybe the three Burnley matches I've seen this year, I was really impressed with him. So um, I do think that there's more goals coming from him. He's really aggressive and um, he's not a cagey player. He's right up there. You know, he's trying to get his head in the ball. He's trying to get involved in the box. So if you don't think um, Sam Vokes is going to be competing, competing for those minutes, though, Josh, you're fooling yourself. I got another thing coming, don't I? All right, we're into the top five. Uh, Arsenal, what we know is that their defense is probably a little underrated. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, and they're getting a lot of attacking potential from that defense. We've seen it with um, Kolasinac and Monreal specifically. Uh, and also what we know is that Mustafi picked up a really terrible injury for Germany uh, yeah. today as we're recording. So that could mean that what we know is that Rob Holding is a pretty good FPL pickup right now. Only $4.7 million. Very interesting option there. Uh, what we don't know is whether Alexis Sanchez will ever justify his price tag. Um, at $11.9 million, uh, the problem really is Lacazette. Um, I just think that Lacazette is the kind of player who can get the goals. He's not on free kicks. So I'm not, I'm not saying that Lacazette is uh, the same player as Alexis. I mean, they have different styles, but... I think Alexis was certainly capable of getting a lot of poacher type goals, you know, because he's so aggressive. He's always, always sniffing around. And, you know, if, the, if there's a loose ball in the box, there's a good chance Alexis is going to find it and then rifle it, you know, at least make a shot on goal. Yeah. Um, and it seems like that's what Lacazette does too. So um, I just don't know if, if he's ever going to be worth $12 million this year. All right. What we know, Josh, I want you to tell me how many goals Lacazette is going to score at the, by the end of the season. All right. 31 more weeks to go. Uh, he is on one, two. He's on four goals right now. 
oh, let's just let's just extrapolate that out. So what is that? Four times or you know, seven times <laughs> four, <laughs> seven times five I is thirty-five. Question. Yeah, so I'll say he scores twenty goals. Yeah, I'll go eighteen. All right, Chelsea and fourth place. What we know yeah. about Chelsea is they're still really good, <laughs> and particularly defensively. What we don't know is, um, particularly at this moment in time, where goals are coming from. With Morata yeah. out, is Hazard going to be involved in a, at all? And is Bachwai going to be a worthwhile FPL investment? Yeah, I think that is really that really throws things off because we know that their fixtures are ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you have to get some Chelsea players in at some point in the next few weeks. And I really don't know how I'm going to do it. I mean, I ha- honestly have no idea. I-, I guess I need Murata to come back. If Murata can come back like in the next week or two, then I can just go Lacazette to Murata really easily. That's just the simplest move. Um, if he doesn't, then, I mean, maybe you have to look at Hazard or a defensive double up. I mean, we're looking at weeks 14 through 18 it's swansea at home newcastle at home west Ham away huddersfield away southampton at home I mean, that's like five consecutive clean sheets right there possibly yeah i'm I'm with jeremiah on this one i'm just picking which chelsea defender i want the trouble that i have is um i don't know who in my defense i want to get rid of it's like ben davis is the one defender that has some troubling fixtures on the horizon but yeah. uh, the smartest move is probably for me to to dump Ryan Bertrand for a Chelsea defender. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur, what we know is uh, that they are uh, on the road. They're fantastic. Yeah, when they're not at Wembley, (laughs) they're great. Also, what we know is Harry Kane is... uh, Worth his price tag? He is worth the price tag, and he's also worth all the pain and anguish. We, We suffered a lot through August and through some of September, but now it it seems like it's all happening, and uh, buy him, buy him for your yeah. FPL side now. Yeah, and what we don't know is if they can start to perform at home. I mean, I this I like people talk about it like it's a myth, but I mean, it's they are not doing it in the Premier League at least, and you know until they do, then we have to we have to you know treat it like it's something that's a real problem that they have to get over. Yeah. Could we say we definitely know now that um, Erickson is a no brainer over Deli Ali FPL wise? No, I, I I still think it's too early. I, I honestly I honestly do. Um, I mean, Deli Alley had you know three consecutive braces last season. I mean, he, you know, I don't know if you listened to the football ramble recently, Brad, but they were talking about how you know he's had his head turned a little bit with some some agents and uh, maybe thinking about his brand a little bit. And there's just some concern that maybe he's his head's not totally there. Um, so I think he'll, I think he'll get out of that though. I think he'll, you know, he'll sort it out. Yeah. I mean, it does, it does come down to Kane as well. When he's, when he was scoring a lot of those goals last season, like those braces you're talking about, Kane was out injured. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think I would rather have Erickson, all things being equal, but I, I don't think it's like a runaway thing. All right. Okay. Manchester United. What do we know? Lukaku, uh, is going to score nearly every game week. Yeah. And uh, what don't we know is, is well, what I don't know is if Paul Pogba will ever return to my FPL side. And that that makes me sad. I want to know. Yeah. And I want him back. Yeah. He was so fun. I think so, too. And now without Fellaini, I guess the question, what we don't know is, what we also don't know is whether uh, uh, any midfield FPL assets were will ever emerge. You know, so 
Um, doesn't seem like it right now. Yeah. That, um, outside, I mean, outside of Mkhitaryan, obviously. Yeah. And we also know that David De Gea is the best keeper in the league. Um, all right. Man City, what we know is that they are um, a, an, an attacking threat that the league has maybe never seen before. Um, I mean, at least not in recent memory. I mean, the Liverpool team from three years ago or four years ago comes to mind, but even they weren't absolutely destroying people the way that uh, City is right now. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Um, I am really excited to see how they continue to perform against teams like Chelsea. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, they they beat Chelsea the way they wanted to set out to beat them, and that's impressive. But, uh, you know, flat flat track bully? I mean, they just won at Chelsea. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think there's anything flat track bully. I mean, I mean, you mean flat track bully in terms of them not scoring a ton of goals in those matches? Right. Or? Like, it, it, them being this insane attacking force just because they go and they beat up on the lower table sides or beat up on Liverpool, uh, who are ten, down to 10 men. Um, I, I'm just not, I don't want to get ahead of it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but I mean, that's, that's always going to be the case that if you go away to a place like City or a place like Chelsea, you're going to have to tighten up a little bit. So um, I don't know. So uh, what we don't know, at least what I I guess I feel like what I don't know is I'm still not totally sold on their defense. Maybe I should be by now, but I'm still like a little. Yeah, I'm still a little reluctant to, to totally, you know, invest in that defense. I agree. I mean, what? One of the standouts is John Stones, but the whole is company coming back, is company not coming back, what rotation will ensue there. It's all it, it's it's worrying enough to really question how worth it is it. And I think there are so many other defensive options out there that are a little more secure that uh, I'm not I'm not tempted. Yeah. Brendan, we're going a little long here, so let's jump right into part three, which uh, just a, a very quick look at Game Week 8. Uh, but first, I want to give out a few Patreon thank yous. There are a ton of Patreon uh, supporters this week after we ran that, that podcast with Peter Blake. And just, you know, we should have said at the top of the podcast, but thank you so much to Peter for for appearing and giving us, um, you know, an hour or so of his time. Um, it's a lot of fun to talk to him beforehand. And then, you know, listening on the, you know, the podcast itself, the interview was great. And a lot of people... Um, including FBL General, who was really uh, generous about the podcast uh, on Twitter. Um, but just a lot of people were very, um, very kind and really enjoyed the podcast. So thank you for that. If you want to go back, if you want to become a subscriber, you can actually listen to that podcast and listen to all the other ones we've done so far. FPL General uh, on said it was the best hour of FPL content he'd heard all season. Yeah, it was really, it was very, very, very nice and complimentary. Um, so we had a, a bunch of new Patreon subscribers. If you want to subscribe, um, once again, you want to go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Um, and you can, there, any pledge level, you can uh, get access to the podcast. If you pledge um, at the uh, the middle tier, then you um, get to join our Survivor League, which once again starts in game week eight. Um, it's a knockout league. It's not really fantasy related, but there's going to be about 100 managers. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. And then the uh, the winner gets to be on the podcast. So uh, and yes, I would get a lot of fantasy football mag uh, discounts and offers and things like that, too. So here we go, Brandon. Here are our new pledges as of uh, just the last week. Uh, Marcus, Anthony Sharp, uh, Christopher S., Curtis Price, Andre Johnstone, Michael Prisco, uh, Oddborn Strand, David Allen, David Becker, Andrew Adams, FPL Shorty, Oscar Holmes, uh, Prithvi R., 
Sorry, Prithvi, but I, I, I'm just I'm going to screw up your last name if I say it. Uh, friend of the prod, um, Brandon Teresi, James Darcy, Mark McGettigan, Michael Cahill, Martin Bauman. Uh, why don't you take it from here, Sure. Anger B., Rick Hortensius, Craig McConaughey, Rob Butler, Paul Mertens, James Iriam, Andrew Pop, Chris Greco, and Lou Gutierrez. Thank you, everyone, and also our continuing Patreon subscribers. We could not do this pod week after week without you guys' support. Thank you. Yep, exactly. Thank you. Once again, patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Brandon, gaming fixtures are finally back. I'm excited. Uh, I don't think we really have time to go through all of these right now. I think we've covered all the key topics anyway. Um, I love that the the weekend starts off, though, with Liverpool-Man United, which is just a huge match to start the game week. So big. And uh, Liverpool hosting at Anfield makes this game doubly interesting. If it was United hosting at Old Trafford, you'd say probably... um, Probably a less high-scoring game, but Liverpool are going to come out gunning here. I'm concerned for a Manchester United clean sheet. Yeah, I, I'm a little concerned about that as well. Uh, there's a, I, I, I don't know if I dare risk uh, putting Phil Jones on my bench, but he might not play anyway. Yeah, so we'll and see. We, we could go back yeah. to talking about Mourinho's tactics. Like This would be a game in which he would be very defensive and try and get Lukaku sure. isolated on a, uh, on a counterattack and get the goal they need. Yeah. That is true. A uh, lot of uh, mediocre fixtures. In the, in the you know, after that, we've got uh, yeah, cities. I mean, just a lot of good teams playing teams that aren't that good. You know, Arsenal, Watford, Man City, Stoke, uh, Chelsea, Palace, Spurs, Bournemouth. Uh, so uh, I think we could see a lot of points on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, we've got uh, Brighton, Everton. Um, so maybe you'll finally get that goal, Brandon. Pascal Gross. Um, Come on, baby. Yep. Oh, that's right. And Pastor Gross. <laughs> yeah, get a Gross uh, and Calvert-Lewin uh, double here, <laughs> and that would be perfect. Yeah. Uh, Southampton, Newcastle. I think I might uh, – I think Rob Elliott might get a start for me in this yeah. game. Um, no, actually, no. Swansea's at home to Huddersfield, so I've, got, I've really got to start, uh, got to start yeah, my, my boy in that Run game. him out. Yeah. And then a dreadful Monday fixture, uh, Leicester-West Brom. Uh, I know some people have Jamie Vardy still be interested in that game, but I think in general that's not a game I'm Yeah, all the FPL points about. are coming on Saturday. That's for sure. Things, <laughs> yeah. will, be, things will be done, and your mini-leagues, your head-to-heads will all be wrapped up on Saturday, it looks like. So, yeah, most, but yeah, exactly, mostly, that's for sure. So captain options has got to be between Harry Kane or somebody in Manchester City. Yeah, I think, I think so. Um, I think... Uh, um, I think Kane is the is the pretty clear favorite here. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you have Jesus, he's an interesting option. Um, I think that Sterling or Sané, I mean, those are not bad either. I think that, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Sterling would is is it is it like a? I don't know. I feel like that'd be getting too clever. If you have Harry Kane, you just captain him at home to Bournemouth. Yeah, I mean, the, the ongoing concern though is Spurs at Wembley, and have they? Have they really performed there yet? And when is it going to start? Right. So it, it does feel like Manchester City playing at home at the Etihad could be a safer bet. But yeah, like you're saying, do you, you're getting kind of too cute with Manchester City. Which player is it going to be? Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, Brandon, you can find the podcast on, uh, you can find us, that is, on uh, Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash hailcheaters, uh, facebook.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. Our website is alwayscheating.com. Uh, email is hailcheaters, that's H-A-I-L, uh, cheaters at gmail.com, and uh, patreon.com slash alwayscheating. 
Uh, you can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and please leave us a review. We actually, we've had some reviews come through recently and I, uh, I think it really helps. Um, and it really helps get us, uh, you know, to the, you know, actually appearing in search results, which is, um, you know, the only way people can actually find the pod. So, uh, thank you for that. And, uh, please continue to do so if you're, if you're We're so inclined. your positive vibes, guys. Totally appreciate it. Exactly. And, uh, you can also find us on Acast, Stitcher, TuneIn, and, uh, I'd say pretty much every other podcast platform that's out there. Wherever you get your podcast, Josh, it's no problem. Just go out there and get it. All right, Brandon, that was a fun four and a half hours, and uh, I look forward to uh, this weekend. Sure. I'm going to go uh, collect my 401k because I'm old enough to retire after the length it took us to record this podcast. (laughs) All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.